They use the signal to kill your brother. I want to use it to steal their money. What do you say, Brick? You a man who can help me steal $30 million? Because your brother thought you were. What about the girl? You ever hear that expression? Behind every great man is a woman. I'm just a girl who likes fast cars and big numbers. What's your angle? In the night of the signal, cops turn in all the weapons. One thing you're gonna learn about me is that I'm all about timing. You can have money, but when you pull off the last crime in American history, that's legacy. So you want revenge? I want legacy. We're all hurt the ones who try and love us. Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at Nomcast Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at Jokes on Drew. This week, we break down the latest Netflix entry into the world of comic book adaptations, The Last Days of American Crime, starring Edgar Ramirez, who you may know from his performance as Gianni Versace in American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Or maybe you remember him from a movie we covered here a while back, the big-budget fantasy action film Bright, starring Will Smith. The film takes place in a dystopian future where, as a final response to terrorism and crime, the U.S. government plans to broadcast a signal making it impossible for anyone to knowingly commit unlawful acts. Graham Brick, played by the aforementioned Ramirez, is a career criminal who was never able to hit the big score. He teams up with famous gangster progeny Kevin Cash, played by Boardwalk Empire's Michael C. Pitt, and black market hacker Shelley Dupree, played by The Force Awakens Anna Brewster, to commit the heist of the century and the last crime in American history before the signal goes off. The film is directed by Olivia Megatone, whose previous work includes Taken 2 and 3, Columbiana, and Transporter 3. And as previously stated, the film is based on a critically praised graphic novel of the same name created by Rick Remender and Greg Ciccini. To help me break this one down, I brought on a couple of guests who know a thing or two about comic books and movies. We have returned guest and co-host of the Pina Comics podcast and radio show, John Amenta, a.k.a. Johnny Ganache. And we have another co-host of an excellent comic book and pop culture podcast making his nom cast debut robert stewart aka Stu, from the ghosts of the stratosphere you could check out pina comics and ghosts of the stratosphere on all your favorite pod catchers and on their websites pinacomics.com and got stratosphere.com we will get to my awesome conversation with them in just a moment but first just a quick plea from me to help this pod the nomcast by giving us a glowing five-star review and of course subscribe to us so you don't miss any of our awesome reviews like the one we have for you today 
or next week's look at the new Spike Lee film, Defy Bloods, which comes to Netflix this Friday. All right, let's get to it. Here it is, The Last Days of American Crime, with Pina Comics' John Amenta and Stu from Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Give a listen. All right, on the line, uh, on the lines, uh, I should say, uh, a great pair of guests for you guys today. Uh, way better guests than what we're probably about to do to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Two great guys with amazing comic book and pop culture podcasts. The longtime guest, I believe this is number six. Six, yeah. Yeah, so number six for uh, many time guest, uh, regular here, John Amenta, aka Johnny Ganache from the Pine of Comics podcast. How are you, sir? I'm a six timer. I'm feeling good tonight. Yeah, man. Well, this isn't, let's just say this isn't optimal six time material, but, yeah. you know. We'll get there because uh, I, I I snuck on your guys' uh, letterbox and it was, uh, <laughs> so this will be fun. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a new one, a new person to our podcast, but obviously a longtime uh, podcaster uh, and a great podcast at that. Uh, you may have heard him on John's podcast, Pine of Comics, or on his own podcast, The Ghosts of the Stratosphere, which, as I said, is a awesome comic book and pop culture podcast. Uh, based out of Pittsburgh, which if you listen to uh, one of the more recent Pine of Comics episodes uh, where you talk about Lost in Translation, I think, what is it, the first 15 minutes are all Pittsburgh related? So uh, so if you want to learn a little more about Pittsburgh and definitely a lot more about this man, uh, be sure to check that episode out. But thanks for coming on. Robert Stewart, how are you, sir? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. This, um, you know, I, I, I hate it. When new guests come on and we watch something, and clearly I know where this is going to head now, but you know, for anyone else, I popped on Letterbox after watching this movie already, and I think one of you gave one star, and the other one gave a half star. I was going to say, yeah, we had a whopping combined one and a half star for this movie, so... Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. If you I, like no, positivity, this might not be the show for you. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Uh, <laughs> and so, and especially, I mean, for me, I take this personally because A, I'm wasting my guest time as well as my own. But also like this one in particular, I was, I did my uh, summer movie preview and this was like, yep, this is where it kicks off. This <laughs> movie right here, big time, baby. We're in June. We got, you know, uh, it's based on a, a critically acclaimed comic book, uh, graphic novel. We got all this great source material. All right, here it goes. And I had, you know, somewhat high hopes, I guess, uh, you know, because the trailer wasn't bad. Uh, you know, it was okay. But, you know, it was like, all right, this could work. And, but in retrospect, I should have had all the red flags pop up everywhere. And I kind of did, but I was being very optimistic. But if you told me, like, yeah, you mean the movie directed by the guy who did Taken 3, Transporter <laughs> 3? You mean that guy made a bad action movie? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Um, or, you know, just looking at the cast. Oh, Edgar Ramirez, he's a he's a good guy. Oh, what was that other Netflix movie? He was, oh, right, Bright. You know that terrible 
terrible fucking movie. He was uh, he was, was the elf, right? Movie. Yes. Yeah. So you know, once you go elf, you're on the show. <laughs> so you know, none of this should have been cleared. Uh, the movie's written by uh, a guy who I thought had some cred with. Uh, you ever seen Oblivion? Uh, I've heard Cruise of this movie. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Carl Gajusic wrote that. Uh, he wrote The November Man with Pierce Brosnan, if you ever seen that. Um, and he's an executive producer on Stranger Things. And he wrote and executive produced this. Um, Don't care about him anymore. Because uh, <laughs> this is the last days of American crime. I realize I haven't even said the title yet, but I do an intro later, so it doesn't matter. But I hope this is the last days for many of these people's career. This movie <laughs> is notorious now on the internet it's been out only a few days here's some fun numbers for you guys besides your fun little one star half star the movie has this is so netflix unfortunately this is the bad part when when i mention netflix to people or that i do a netflix movie thing they're like sometimes like oh netflix movies like why do you fucking do that there are shining examples all the time but this this is what happens when people want to talk shit to me about any of (laughs) this The movie has a 3.8 IMDb score. That's amazing. Yeah. It has a 21 meta score. It has a 0% tomato meter mm-hmm. with a 24% audience rating. And yet, it is number three on the Netflix top 10. That so, is how I got my wife to watch it. My wife will generally watch anything. But yeah. I thought, oh, you want to watch this movie with me? And she knows John and I on Saturday nights watch like Z-list cinema on the, the Connecticut right. Classics yeah. watch party. So she thought, are you making me watch a mystery science theater movie? Right. And I said, no, this is the number three movie on Netflix right now. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, well, we'll watch that. Yep. Surely that will be good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, they're let just me, really good at marketing. Let me put this out there just to start. Like, this is like... This is like the the nice base when you're going to cook, right? I've watched, I've started my letterbox on January 1st. I've watched 96 movies so far this year. This was 96. I have watched week after week, Larry Dwyer put (laughs) really terrible but fun movies on every Saturday night, but but reprehensibly bad, some of them, really bad. Right. This was easily... The worst movie I've seen all year. Because wow. doesn't it hurt more, John? Like, because some of those movies, when you're watching the Connecticut Co Classics, like, you know, you're getting into some schlock, right? You're getting into some corny stuff, like stuff that never should have been watched, you know. Uh, I, and I grew up on those movies, so the, uh, that's all due respect to schlock horror stuff. I, I love those things uh, in the moment. But isn't it hurt more when you're kind of like, looking forward to something or you know or you have at least like a modicum uh uh, like you said like a good base like some of the things i said like you can point to and be like all right well i like edgar ramirez in you know american crime story or oh uh that fucking uh you know uh, i i saw taken two taken twos that's that's the same director (laughs) you can look at the whatever or or like i said about the writer you have a few things there or the fact that the source material, you know, I mean, you're definitely working off something that was lauded, if not the names. I mean, you guys know them better than me, but Rick Remender, like he has a, a you know, a rep for his Punisher books. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, amongst other things, and including this one. So, you know, I, I had some basic optimism, and it punched me in the fucking face. Yeah. So, I don't know what happened. So you asked us to do this a couple weeks ago, and honestly, just in the last couple of weeks, I'd been busy, and I knew I had to watch the movie before tonight, and I think as of like Saturday, I didn't remember even what movie, what the name was. So <laughs> I looked it up. Yeah. I, I went through our messages and said, okay, I got to watch that Sunday night. I worked all day yesterday, get home around 630. And I, when I was at work yesterday, I looked up like some reviews, just, I didn't want spoilers, but like it popped up and yeah. they were all like, one of the reviews, the headline was like, no Netflix, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. No, that was yeah. like the title of the review. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going into this with a little bit of a bad taste, but whatever. I watch movies and I might once in a while pick up my phone, but I pay attention to movies. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm not my wife in and out of the room, you know, right. Within 15 to 20 minutes of this movie. I was actively looking for something else to do, but I was going to watch this no matter what. If Andrew, I love you. If this was any other <laughs> show, if like I'll say there's a handful of shows I would have shown the respect to to watch this. If this was a show that I was like medium friendly with, I would have come on the show and said, I watched like the first 20 minutes and bailed. Let's right. make fun of it. But I watched all two and a half I know it's hours. 20. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is we watch these Connecticut cult classic movies and they're bad and you know, they're bad, but they're also like an hour 20. I'm in, you're out, you're laughing at it. It's great. This movie was just, there came to a point like two thirds of the way through the movie where I turned to my wife and said, you realize they haven't even started the crime yet, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I had that written down. I'll get to that in a second, but I got to say, John, I think, this is now going to turn into the worst home and home like podcast swap in the history of mankind. Like you probably thought like that 20 minutes in that I was punishing you for you asking me to watch Waterworld next week. So <laughs> we're, we're in complete bullshit right now. Yeah. Uh, look out for that episode. Cause that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> but I did, I wrote down, I was like the suckiness of this movie hits you in waves. Like, you're 20, 30 minutes in, you go, um, it's 30 minutes in, when do we get to the heist? And then you get, like, an hour in, and you're like, I don't like any of these people. Uh, they just added a driver. I, I don't care about him. I don't know anything about him. But let's put a really poignant scene to have a conversation with this guy, even though he adds nothing. And then 10 minutes later, and I want to uh, I want to couch this slightly, but 10 minutes later, to me, is an hour and 10 in the worst scene in the entire movie that I think is literally the point where, if, like you were saying, 20 minutes in, if somebody makes it into this movie at an hour 10... Can I raise my hand? Scene, hold on one second. Okay. It gets past that point, and you're not a podcaster or a film reviewer where you're <laughs> like, I'm going to stick through this. I don't know what your life is like. I just would bail. I'd be done. And I I don't know anymore. But yes, John. I was just going to ask if I could guess what scene you're talking about. Sure. Are you talking about where they go to see his father? Yes. Jesus oh. Christ. If you make it through that and then go, 
well, but I want to get to the heist. Fuck your opinions on anything else going <laughs> forward. Cause it just, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have anything. I do a show where I get really into my notes. I try to get the best guests to break things down. And sometimes you just get something like this where I'm like, I just can't do it this week. I'm just done. If you said, if you guys went on and said, guys, I, I love you, but can we cancel due to suck? I would be like, yeah, I could pull some stuff together by the end of the week. I could get an episode out. Don't worry about it. But yeah, here we are, guys. And <laughs> I, I, I guess, you know, obviously now this is going to be an exorcism. This is going to be an autopsy. This is going to be yeah. whatever you want to talk about uh, as far as this goes. But do you guys have a grasp? on like why this was so bad because again kudos to you guys for making it through watching the whole film uh but you know it's a heist movie and to me i love heist movies you get me a good heist movie i will fucking talk about it forever uh we just did uh time to hunt which was like a south korean uh heist cat and mouse movie is fucking dope as hell and i couldn't shut up about it I, I talked about it on this podcast bef- with John on another episode on the extraction episode so much. That I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it as the next episode and just get it out of my system and review it. I mean, cause they could be so good. Ocean's 11 is one of my favorite movies. You, the bank job. I love a good bank heist. Uh, the bank job was good. Yeah. 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 Like there's a lot of great heist films and this is shit and you need, I, I I think I wrote that. Like, there's basically there's like three principles of doing a good heist movie. You need three things that at least need to matter or be interesting, and it's the motive, the crew, and the plan. Everyone loves a goddamn great plan when it comes to these things, and these three elements of this movie all suck. Oh, everything sucks. <laughs> Not even like, ah, oh, you had two out of three. If you just landed, no. All of them suck across the board. Do you guys, I guess, obviously, we're all joining in. But do you feel that way about, like, heist films and how this movie translated that? Heists have never been a genre. That, it's not something I won't watch. But, you know, it's Ocean's Eleven is good. Uh, as far as the MCU goes, Ant-Man was considered their heist movie. And sure. you know, Paul Rudd is good, so he was enjoyable in it. And like I said, I really like The Bank Job, and that's a movie I haven't thought about in a while. But it's not a genre I'm particularly married to. Right. So yeah, I, I apologize. everything sucked. I, I apologize <laughs> that you literally went from talking to John about Lost in Translation <laughs> to now talking to me about one of the worst Netflix movies, and that's a hell of a bar. <laughs> to, to clear which we can get into that in a minute I, i've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half now and i'm trying to decide if this is the worst one Ooh. i was gonna ask you that yeah i mean because there's worse ones i've reviewed for an episode that's very low low because i mean i did a lot of adam sandler so uh you'll have to you know get there but there are other movies that because I was like, I'm not going to review this. I only got through like 20, 30 minutes and shut off. So there are ones that are so bad that I was like, fuck this. Um, This one, as far as like movies I've watched full all the way through and reviewed, weirdly enough, and I'll get to that topic uh, a little bit later, both of them are comic book movies uh, where Polar, which was based on a graphic novel, uh, they released that probably i think it was around march of last year february march 
and it is god awful. It is one of the worst. And of course, I had my friend who actually makes comics as the guest on the show, and we were just like, nope, we're gonna get into how fucking terrible this thing <laughs> is and just rip it apart. And yeah, it was fun. So I hope this gets into some fun territory too. Um, but man, it is probably right there with the worst that I've actually reviewed on this on this podcast. And obviously, there's some Adam Sandler that is awful, but at least I know I'm going to get probably a few chuckles. Yeah, or some cameo that I'll just you just like it sticks in your brain or something. There's always some small thing of redeeming quality. This I don't know. See, I'd rather watch with- the worst Adam Sandler than this ever again. Uh, speaking of the worst Adam Sandler, that's what I was just going to say. Like you're watching an Adam Sandler movie, even the Netflix ones, and they're bad. But in your head, you're thinking, you know what this isn't? Jack and Jill. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's so even a lower like, bar to clear. Yeah. Like, all right, this could be worse. Yeah, most Adam Sandler, especially the ones on Netflix, are can be characterized as harmless but dumb. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. You know, it's 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 they're putting forth zero percent effort. Exactly. It's just a paycheck at that point. They're they're not trying to say anything. Right. Yeah. It's just fart jokes. You know what are you going to do with it? Just Adam Sandler movies at this point with in this era of his career, the Netflix era for the most part. Yeah. It seems to me like these are all an excuse to go to exotic locales with yeah. his friends. Yeah. Have a good time. Pump something out that people will watch. And go home and shower in thousand dollar bills, you know. Yes. <laughs> and you know what, Adam Sandler, guy did it right, you know. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You know, people give him shit all the time. He did it right. He literally makes movies for himself, mm-hmm. and you know, rolls around in the money. So yeah. good for him. <laughs> yeah, and all his friends that he just constantly recasts for people who don't really have a career besides him. It's right. amazing. Uh, but just to get back to this, obviously, so. Like I said, the motive, the crew, the plan, you need all these elements in a heist movie. The motive here, I can't even get into the motive, which is terrible, because I don't know if you guys caught this early on, and it definitely uh, says more about it, how they ended this film. If you had to characterize to somebody, who's the main character of this story? Whose story is this? Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't know if it's anybody's story. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a bunch of shit that happens. Because to me, I thought, and especially based on the trailer and everything, you think this story is bricks. Right. And you immediately, like a few minutes in, after you get bricks introduction, you know, this scene where he's blowing up an apartment, you know, and and having this kind of like, you know, big opening number here. Uh, his big opening set piece, and then it immediately switches to Shelby's voiceover and then continues to kind of narrate him a little bit, and then later she even talks about herself in the narrative third person going, you know, some girls when they walk into the bar really, you know, uh, suck the air out of the room with their, you know, their presence. I'm like, you're talking about yourself right now? What are we doing? (laughs) I don't even know what was happening. And then the movie ends. Spoiler alert. uh, I'm doing you a favor if I'm spoiling this and you're not watching it. Uh, The end of the movie is her. Brick's dead. She gets to be the, you know, the final girl. And, you know, I don't understand why they don't bookend with the same character. Why 
she gets to live over all these other ass clowns. Everybody's bad. Uh, oh, as, yeah. As an actor and as a human. So, like, as a character. So, I don't understand why it switches so quickly and then kind of gets derailed. Does anyone have any uh, opinions I on actually that? have a good reason for that, and <laughs> I think it's in my notes here. The main character guy is a charisma black hole. <laughs> and I think the movie got fairly shortly in and then it was just like just 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 bail just get out of this guy's way he is yeah he is absorbing all light that's coming anywhere around him and it's yeah. just turning into darkness he had no energy he had no, no nothing no nothing I, I wrote it nicely as putting he was too passive but you actually characterized it much better than i did <laughs> John, he was what do you a charisma black hole just absorbing everything else? I think the movie just had to get out of his way and just make someone else the main character at the end. Yeah, I wonder, uh, John, how do you feel about Brick versus Shelby or any of those things? Because I'm at a loss. I hate this movie. I want to yes. point that out. Okay, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. This movie, uh, yeah. Edgar Ed, Edgar Ramirez. He is. Yeah. I don't. I think I've read he was in like the Born Ultimatum, which I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, Maybe he's, he's he's one of those guys that he's just in like a scene or two of a movie, yeah. and like people think like he may steal the moment or like he's have these like small good moments and things, and then as soon as he's got a bigger character in a movie, whew, yeah, most of them he's, turn out terrible. In this film, at least, because I can't go against anything else, he's terrible. Shelby, the actress who played her, is fairly terrible. The only person hey, in she this was whole in the movie, Force Awakens, buddy. Was she really? She, if you, uh, the cantina bar, like that uh, assassin, that female assassin, yeah. that's like tracking them. That's her. Uh, hmm. All right. Well, the only person <laughs> in this saying movie, that is a compliment. I just <laughs> yeah. That no, out I there. know. I know. Uh, I felt like Michael Pitt was the only person in this movie who was actually playing a character. Uh, he wasn't great, and I've seen him in things I've liked him in before. But Dawson's like Creek, I, John Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek, yeah, yeah. Creek. <clears throat> he similarly titled Last Days, where he played that Kurt Cobain type uh, character. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's not a he was on uh, Boardwalk Empire, which I've never seen, yep. but I'm I've heard good things. He was on he was on Hannibal, which I did like. He's a pretty good actor, and I felt like he was the only one playing a character in this movie you know what i mean like it wasn't a good character i wasn't I'll agree with that yeah he you know some of his line deliveries i thought were pretty decent um but i mean like that's like the high point i truly don't know what happened in this movie and it's not simply for the fact that i was maybe paying half attention i just don't know what the fuck was going on in this movie at any given point like yeah it, like what what like, what did the pills do that he took at the end? The guy gave him the beginning. I, I don't know what happened in this fucking movie. I hated this movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I so definitely. About, in sure. regards to Michael Pitt, I, I get what you're saying about, like, he was doing a character and everything. But I was watching this movie and the entire time, anytime he was on screen, my notes, every note I took about his character <laughs> is just fake Jason Muse did this. Yeah. Fake Jason Muse did that. And it was just like the combination of the hair and how he was acting. It was just like, could this movie just not afford Jason Muse? Because that's clearly <laughs> who you wanted to cast. But at least, at least he put something forward. Like, yeah. Ramirez, yeah. I mean, he had energy. Yeah. Black, like black hole. Like you said, is yeah. not a joke. 
he sucks the energy out of every scene he's in and him dying at the end is is such a release for me like <laughs> yes, i don't know i i will talk about this movie but i cannot get over how much i fucking hated this movie <laughs> the one thing about his character too that i wrote down which kind of echoes some of the things you're saying is how utterly unremarkable his performance was of course but like the the twist that they try to pull off with his character like the aha that he actually killed the brother i'm like everyone knows everyone knows (laughs) from the minute this guy is on screen because he uh has no skills he had no plan he had a vague concept of what he wanted to try to do to to rope brick in to this plot but other than that, he's pretty terrible as a human. He's just a drug addict, he, you know, a, a spoiled rich kid who got, you know, excommunicated from his family, basically. Uh, he's trash. And if I was Brick, if if I'm a guy who had some kind of reputation, which it seems like he did as like being a really good bank robber or being some kind of like larger uh, character in the crime uh, syndicate or whatever, I'm walking away. And I'm never looking at those people ever again. So I don't know why he latches onto this plan through this guy. I don't know why uh, he falls in love with Shelby. I don't understand why Shelby falls for him besides the fact that she's damaged outside of that. And uh, just to get onto her for a little bit, there's a few things in this movie that not only are just bad because they're bad movie stuff, but they're just bad in a much larger sense that I'm surprised I haven't seen more people, probably because they don't watch the whole movie. And I think they're actually getting spared uh, <laughs> Netflix by having people not watch this entire movie because between her character being kind of like so anti-modern female characters, even in action films, you don't get that kind of like, needs to be saved or used for her body characters anymore yeah and for good reason even in in as bad of a movie as bloodshot was it came (laughs) out right before covid and i saw it in theaters even for as bad as that was my one good remark about the movie is the female character in that is not a damsel in distress and she's not a prize that vin diesel wins at the end for saving the day and then this movie comes along and is just like no yeah (laughs) right all those things again (laughs) we're going backwards in in you know progression here yeah and and i think the only reason why they probably made that decision to make her the survivor is for basically a just to reunite with this oh you had a sister cool you had a oh that's great well you go be with your sister that's fine or the the fact that they probably felt like shit that you know she's a character who's constantly under the thumb or fucking some male character that is under her their dominion like they they have some kind of relationship where they have a hold over her whether it's the the terrible uh fbi agents are they fbi or they local police i don't know i think they were fbi yeah okay uh so you know fbi guys are like you know giving her back rubs and talking about having sex with her right in front of her like just because again they don't really fully explain like okay so you probably got caught hacking them i guess and then you made a trade 
for your sister, maybe. I don't know the whole <sighs> correlation. Th- this movie is no one does in every avenue that they did. Uh, like they should just pick a couple lanes and gone forward with those, including the actual heist plot. You have oh, and I'll get to the other one that to me I think just needs to make this movie not only just canceled for being sucked, but also just like the worst timing for certain scenes to be out. And the cop, well, the cop. Well, yeah. well which which cop? What the Chantal Copley? What was that all about? Is that what uh, you're talking about? Well, so you have the quote unquote trying to have some kind of redemption story with a guy who murdered people and like the newspaper clippings. You're talking about that cop, the, the cop who tries to go back out there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and he fin- he gets basically his gun and badge back because they're like, fuck it. Crime's going to go away soon. I don't know what the motive was. I, the sergeant was like, oh, we're movie. captain, whatever it was. He's like, yeah, fine. Go out he's a, there. He's like a desk jockey cop. And then he comes in one day and he's like, I'd like to go back out, back out on the beat. And they just give him keys. And I was like, I don't think that's how that works. No, <laughs> I don't think you get to be just like, I'd like to go back out. All right, here's the keys to a cruiser. Yeah, the problem wasn't lack of cars. It was because you're a <laughs> fucking murderer. <laughs> so you murdered people and got away with it. So, no, you're lucky to have a job. It wasn't about, you know, automobiles. So the so there's that cop. That's terrible. But what's also terrible is the optic of the the obviously what turns out to be a lie. Right. The the scene of prison guards beating the shit out of a prisoner to death. What are you doing, Netflix? Why did you release this film? You should have basically not to, to put too many of my cards in there. I've worked in television. I've worked in film and everything. I've worked on any of the sides. If this is on cable and they were touting this as a movie they were going to put on cable, that scene is either cut out or that movie doesn't air until something gets or something gets fixed or that the climate changes. There's no reason for this movie to be airing at this time in this climate. They knew it was coming. They easily, easily could have pushed it. They have so many things that are completed in their, in their pipeline. It's it's unfortunate and dumb. I mean, and obviously it's also awful. So I mean, but I think they are going to get spared because a lot of these moments happen deeper in the film uh, that really are you know really end up terrible. If New Mutants could sit on the shelf for like six years, this movie could yeah. just have been buried in the Marianas Trench. Yeah, and as long as you paid everybody involved, nobody <laughs> ever had to know this happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I'm on board. That was one of my notes was, oh, police brutality. That's not real fun anymore. No. The timing on that is just terrible. Like you said, it's, I get that it wasn't a large window of time from like a week and a half ago until now, but it's enough time for you to be like, hey, let's, let's delay this. Like you could have waited three or four months, a year, and just hoped something changed, something got better. Right. Or like you said, just go in real fast, delay it just a few weeks and just edit that scene out so that at least we don't see it. I sure. get that it's a big enough plot point, but you can just maybe say it and it doesn't have the impact of, you know, cutting away to the flashback that, you know, isn't actually even true and see. Right. Yeah, I wonder because uh, this is one of those movies that had other people attached to it before we got to the final product. And I wonder, because especially the executive producer is also the writer. So I wonder if that person, you know, 
got some notes for some people for the people that had a, maybe a little more legitimacy and was just like this is a mess can we change this this and this and then they got fired or pushed to the wayside and got you know hey who did a uh, transporter three let's get that guy <laughs> so like but because early on from what i understand uh f gary gray uh the director of friday amongst others a uh, famous uh, yeah. music video director um he was set to direct this as well and the lead instead of edgar ramirez was supposed to be sam worthington which you know like it's not like he's like a list or anything i mean he definitely you know got taken up a notch with uh oh my god avatar thank you i was gonna say fern gully in space what was that one (laughs) uh yeah avatar uh so he got uh bigger with avatar but you know overall people don't really like search out for sam worthington movies so but is it more high profile than edgar ramirez probably (laughs) substantially so i mean so i wonder if uh, this was kind of like a stay away you know because someone digged their heels that they struck gold with what they wrote and then Mm. was at the helm producing and then was you know not taken aback by people criticizing his work or trying to change anything but uh they should have listened they should have totally uh had somebody else take this and and rip it apart yesterday before i looked at the reviews i I remember okay yeah i remember this is a rick remender thing and i like rick remender he wrote fear agent he wrote a uh a really i don't like venom he wrote like the only arc of venom i've ever liked agent venom he's Mm -hmm. a good writer so um, I know uh, Manster on our show is a big fan. He loves uh, Black Science, and there's a couple other books. So I looked up on Amazon the uh, the trade for this. I think it was originally a three prestige issue yes. comic, and it's like 184 pages. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll pick this up and then like do a comparison. And I can only imagine it's better than this, but I don't want anything to do with this ever again. Like I won't read that. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to be brought. I honestly, I'm Andrew. I give you all the credit in the world. I can't remember the last time I hated a movie as much as this. Like <laughs> it, it really. And then it did the cardinal sin at the end of a million endings. Right, the Lord of the yes. Rings, Return yeah. of the King. A spe- you know, he dies, and then she walks away. You think it's over? Nope. Now she's dumping his brother's ashes. Like it means anything to her into the into the lake she walks away nope now she's driving you know it's like yeah please god put a fucking sword through my (laughs) brain because i just want to like read a comic or watch anything else right now and i'm having flashbacks to sitting in the theater when all the hobbits are jumping on the bed and you're like oh it's over and then they're on the boat and then they're at the mall, and then they're at McDonald's. It's like, yes, I just want to fucking go home. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for her to, like, after she dipped the ashes or whatever into the lake and got into it, that they were going to also pass Dexter cutting uh, the, <laughs> the, the woods, uh, being a lumberjack out beside yeah. the thing. Just uh, put all the bad endings all together. All together. And, yeah, just uh, try to make that work. But no, I agree. It had a terrible disease of didn't know when to end, when to do anything. It made no choices. That's the whole point of this movie. 
this movie should not be 220. Every time no, I was God, like, no, this movie should have been an hour and a half for how little they did with the plot or or conversely, because this is a three part comic book that each one is like 60 pages plus. Make it into a goddamn miniseries. You're so much better, Netflix, at making things into miniseries. And the guy was the executive producer on Stranger Things. You telling me that you couldn't have spent more time on the high concept of uh, the the implant or the the signal stuff or any of that. It was that so glossed over. Detail. It was so glossed over. It was I, like I thought that going into this and reading, I thought. This is going to be like almost like a sci-fi thing. And right. they're really talking about this API or whatever they called it. The yeah. implant that would stop. Then it was just like it happened once in the movie early and that was it. And then, it, you know, at the end, you get it a little bit more. But uh, I don't know. So confused. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I feel like when I explain this movie to someone. Uh, in a in, uh, very sarcastic way, what I'm about to do, of course, uh, is kind of like how you talk about this, the Star Wars prequels, where it's like, okay, you like Star Wars movies, right? <laughs> All right. Well, what if, what if we try to make it for kids with a bunch of stuff like that, but don't worry, later, we're going to also kill a bunch of kids. And <laughs> yeah. oh, for Topper, do you like trade negotiations? I know you do. It's like, wait, hold on. Go back to the beginning where we were just talking about Star Wars films. It's like this movie where it's like, okay, do you like heist movies? Yeah, man, they're badass. They always come in guns a blazing. They have some cool way to get into these places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't do any of that. What, what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to talk about um, brain implants and signal. Oh, and did we mention we're going to talk about currency exchange? And you're like, wait, what? What did we do here? I don't know what's going on. So that was yeah. that was driving my wife crazy through the entire movie. <laughs> she just went there, like, why are they stealing money they can't spend? Right. What are they doing? They're going to steal money that they can't spend to take it to Canada, where they can't spend it. Right, which are marked bills that yeah. they're going to, yeah, then go into Canada, try to exchange, probably get flagged, and then get murdered. Or like oh, jail. I also, I <laughs> love that we're, we're, we keep jumping all around in time in this movie. I love the apparent rules that once you're fleeing the United States to Canada and you cross the border into Canada, you're yeah. just suddenly in the woods. Yeah. No cop. No one's <laughs> yeah. there waiting for you. You're just in the woods driving free in your giant ass truck that goes 40 miles an hour. Yeah. I think the big winner of this movie is the city of Detroit. Cause technically uh super sleuths went online and was like, okay, based on the bridge that they left, that they crossed over at the crossing point. Technically, where they live is Detroit. Yeah. And yet, nobody ever says the word Detroit. It's not on any of the vehicles. It always says, like, district whatever it said on the side. So this is, you know, they don't even give it a fake fictional town. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything. But based on how it's supposed to be Detroit, but not mentioned as Detroit, is the best thing that happened to Detroit in a very long time. Yeah. A very long time. Yeah. Probably since the Pistons won <laughs> championships <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> Detroit acquitted itself of this movie. Yeah. 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 As if they didn't already get a bad uh, rep through the last dance that happened on ESPN. Then they <laughs> were like, oh, but we got saved. We got saved by last days of American crime.
Yeah, Detroit stepped in and they're like, look, we've spent the last several decades being a joke, being a reference for how shitty we are, right. <laughs> just being talked about how our entire city's collapsing and everybody hates it. And we're the worst city in America. Right. But by fucking God, you will not name us in <laughs> right. the last days of American crime. <laughs> you will not call our name in that movie. Yeah. We, were, we are thing- still above that. Yeah, it's the one thing they cut out. They don't cut out the police violence. They don't cut out <laughs> no. the, the weird uh, sex scenes that don't mean anything. Let's cut out Detroit. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so I want to play a quick game because obviously everything in this thing sucks. So if you're going to talk about suck, let's get into some worst scenes or worst character contest uh, that I'd like to have. So... For me, I already put it out there. To me, the worst scene in the movie is the scene where they go to the father's house and everything that transpires between his relationship with the sister, the the talk about uh, fucking his stepmother uh, and his uh, uh, like, and how he introduced them, uh, the the hissy fit, the full out hissy fit that the sister has in the room that has to get carried out by brick i love every brick reaction in that room because he just doesn't know what's happening or what's going on and he just again gets to be that blank whatever i'm like you're the lead in this movie you are completely sidelined nothing is happening you have nothing to do here and this he doesn't is your even know movie. that that's what I was just going to say. The the way they filmed that scene was by not giving Brick those pages to the script. Yeah. And they just thought, like, shit's just going to happen. Right. Just react to it normally. Yeah, it's an improv movie now. Yeah, you just have him going, like, why am I in this? <laughs> yeah, he would have been just as well served waiting outside the door yeah. and for, for something to happen. By the way, and also, man, I don't know what is in the genes uh, of Cash's character, but if you get shot in the stomach and as a nonchalant as that guy was the rest of that way without ever seeking medical attention, the only thing that was said to him was, you should get you should get yourself cleaned up. That was literally the only thing that was said after he took a gunshot mm-hmm. to the stomach. Yeah. I think that's the worst scene. Anyone got any other candidates? Uh, I had a few moments where I had to yell at the screen. I usually will sit quietly during a movie and just take it in. But the the scene where they're in the trailer and the burn victim comes yes. in, oh, yeah. I literally just went, no movie. He did not survive that. <laughs> An entire building exploded. Yeah. It's not like, oh, there was a fire. And now this guy comes like, a building exploded. And this guy comes back later with like some bandages on. It's I like, tell no. you. So if you go back to that first scene, he actually gives him an out to survive. He explains to him about something about if he keeps if he smoking, that'll just, oh, right. It's something about that where it will only burn his face. Yeah. And that it, but if he drops it, then like all hell will break loose and he'll catch on fire all over his body. Yeah. So it's a terrible explanation and it makes no <laughs> sense. And yeah, the building exploded so you shouldn't have lived so i don't know how that all works myself yeah but i w- <laughs> i will say that they at least tried to make yeah, it seem tried. like a callback that he should have or had a possibility of survival but it, it's it's remarkably dumb what do you got john anything else um so whoever the guy is i think it's brick's boss 
the guy who smokes cigarettes like a bad guy in movies like this between these fingers. Yeah. Like, that like guy. The Vulcan. Yeah. yeah. The Vulcan smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just that whole scene. Well, I'd say towards the end, but there was still a solid like fucking 50 minutes left when he is uh, seems to be about to rape her. And yes, just yeah. that whole it was just Oogie. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it'd be a better. It's a good game, but I think it'd be a better game if you said, <laughs> John, was there any scenes you liked in this movie? Oh, we can get um, there if you'd like. But the, the answer is no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of anything that really, you know, the cliched, stupid sex scene in the beginning where like he the bathroom sex. in the dirty bathroom. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah, don't know. C- c- which uh, opens up another thing that bothered me through the entire movie. And I, I alluded to it or said it earlier was basically saying, like, why do these two characters fall for each other? She literally says that she the thing she marked off her to do list. Yeah. <laughs> was fuck a loser. Yeah. That's yeah. how they meet. That's how they get together. <laughs> Well, and but then after later, having the worst conversation I've ever listened to in the bar before they go fucking, where here's here's some here's a a a, a question for the group that I hope w- you don't agree with the movie version. So, if you're making a to do list, is the first thing you write step one? No, it isn't. <laughs> and in this movie, she's like, listen, step one. I tried to get married. I was like, this is a to do list. This isn't a, this isn't a, a recipe. It's not a recipe. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? What else has steps? You're not in AA? What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? My to-do list, crack some eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let you know, let me be the one that says it and be horribly shallow. But like, so you got this movie and you have this, you know, the femme fatale narration over it in the yeah. beginning. Uh-huh. And when she says that line about like a, a woman walking into a bar that sucks the air out of the room, she's not that great looking. Like, I don't no, know. No. Like, I hate to be a dick by saying that, yeah. but like, she's not that caliber. Yeah, of, she's fine. You know, she's, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't turn her down, yeah. but I'm just, I'm like, is this what we're dealing with? Like five years in the future? Like that women's <laughs> overall attractiveness has dropped down, like maybe a tier. Right, she's, a, she's like a nine. Then I get it. Well, Again, she's better than the gross uh, woman who's uh, dancing topless on top of a car when he walks out into traffic. Oh, right, God, I forgot yeah. about that. That was how they let you know that this was a lawless time. Yeah, by <laughs> the fact that there was dudes be- beating each other up in the streets, and then a woman with like perfectly fake weird yeah. uh, uh fake porno breasts yeah. is standing on top of a sedan just dancing it fuck this movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well while we're talking about the female character who as far as her appearance goes much like i thought this movie had fake jason muse all of my notes on her are fake hillary swank but, oh interesting yeah <laughs> but the other part of the movie that I just had to yell at the movie is at the end when they're driving. And I think she's like, Oh, I love you. I love you so much. I was like, no, you don't. No, That's right. adrenaline talking. Yeah. You barely know this guy. Yeah. And her like, their relationship is entirely unearned and unrealistic. And especially oh, no. like if she's like, Oh, you saved me or, Oh, a good thing happened. That's something. But this whole like, Oh, I love you. It's like, nah, that's not how love works. That's not how anything works. <laughs> no. 
And, and and if you're another candidate for worst scene in the movie is after they had sex the second time, yeah. I believe the one where they actually show things and whatever, um, when they're out and she like just vaguely explains like why I run away from everybody or how I don't, why don't I trust everybody? Which she asks like kind of like herself, uh, you know, like kind of brings up out of nowhere. It wasn't like in a fluid conversation because as you said, lack of charisma on the other side yeah. you're not going to have a real conversation so she kind of is like so i'm going to bring this up and then <laughs> she starts talking about it and she starts talking about how her her mom kept having bad boyfriends or whatever after like no dad was in the picture or dad dies or something and goes through like how she had like abusive boyfriends after they had she her mom had bad boyfriends so that's just her whole life and then you know, cash is the end of the equation. It's like, how does this equate? Like, so uh, again, Brick is not saving you. You just yeah. met him and started fucking him more. Ugh. Like nothing is here. So like you said, nothing is earned. No, no momentum in the relationship. Just literally just sex for sex's sake. And it's not even good. It's odd. Uh, yeah. So, his loft is actually quite nice, or wherever they fucked that second time. Uh, I dig that lighting scheme over the bed, at least. It was nice. I there's, like that. There's that whole other scene. I don't remember what scene it is because they all blend in, but he's hurt. <clears throat> I think it's after the guy tries to rape her and he was in Which the time, John? Which time? But, yeah, the ninth time. <laughs> so he was in the trailer and he gets saved and then they're walking down a hallway and he's all gimped up and she takes it the time to make it a point to say, I'm sorry. I called you a loser. Like what? Like, is it like, I don't know. It just nothing. Like you said, rang true yeah. in this movie. And they use that as a carry through for that other terrible conversation. I was talking about where like, is this still a part of your game? Is this like, and they mentioned like the to-do list later. I'm like, stop it with the to-do list. No yeah. one cares. <laughs> they screwed it up in the first moment of it. Don't bring it back. It's over. It's I, over. Let's stop. I obviously don't watch as many Netflix movies as you do, Andrew. Yeah. Um, And I know, I th yeah I listened to that show, and I remember you weren't really fond of it. But like a month ago, on like I don't know, like a Friday night or something, I watched uh, Spencer Confidential. Yeah, and <laughs> which honestly, looks like an Oscar winner compared to this, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it when I watched it because it was it was just fun. It was it wasn't a great movie, but you know Mark Wahlberg has some charisma. It just the characters in the movie I liked. It was. It was the exact opposite experience of this movie. Yes, right. no one's going to remember Spencer in five, ten years. No. But, like, for two hours or an hour and 45, because they have sense, I was entertained. You know yeah. what I mean? There were some moments I enjoyed. I laughed here or there. Right. That is, I guess, like, pointing towards, like, good middle-of-the-road Netflix material. And right. then there's stuff that's, like, you know, higher up there, you know, I, I haven't seen it, but I know the Irishman stuff like that. Yeah. It's not in the Oscar category right. for sure. <laughs> this, this is in the level of like, I can't believe someone at Netflix didn't watch this or however they produce their stuff and say, okay, we're not putting this out or we need to get an editor in here yeah. and we could cut a good 45 minutes out of this thing 
And then maybe it would go up like two points, maybe. Right. I, yeah, I she even like the wheels us, came off. I know yeah. none of us liked it because one of my one of my notes here is about how bad it is too. Like, would this movie have been improved substantially, or I don't know, to any degree, if they had just taken everything out with fake Jason Muse's family? Like, I think so. Like, was, if he met just her and she lured him into the deal, no, and no, they no, just went straight even, forward. You can even leave him, but like, part of their plan is like, oh, we need these bombs, and that's why they get into you know right. his whole family. What if they didn't need the bombs, or what if it was just like, oh, I just have these bombs, so it's fine. Yeah, and then you yeah. don't get into the whole thing with the family, and then you don't get into the trying to burn brick down in his trailer and all that nonsense with the guy who sounds like a moron dinosaur, and I couldn't understand anything he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, what if you just cut all that? And that takes the movie down about half an hour. And is that, that's better. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's true. It's not good, but it's better. Like yeah, you, said you don't about even there need the dead editor. brother. I didn't feel the revenge no. plot of this at all. No. no. This movie is chock full of something would happen on screen, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that exists. Right. Because they would bring up the dead brother every so often, and it would be like, oh, yeah, Rory. Right. <laughs> I love this, and I mentioned this to John, so I want to see if you remember or if you had any opinion on this. Every single time the cop guy showed up, every right. single time he showed up, I went, shit, I forgot that guy was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. forgot that character existed every time he wasn't on screen, and they'd pop back up, my brain would be like, oh, okay, and then he yeah. left again. That's a subplot that easily could have shaved 10 minutes off this movie. Yeah. Got rid of it. Gotten, any any of the scenes inside that police station are completely unnecessary. Yeah. So inside there, in his apartment with that other part of this, the fight with, like, it could have been a nondescript cop uh, that was in there. Oh, by the way, another candidate for terrible scene, the guy who walks her through security. Uh, yeah, in, where in did there, he come from? I don't know. Two, two yeah. hours into the movie, there's just suddenly a dude named Carl, and I was like, <laughs> "Have we been introduced to Carl?" Yeah. This, which I'm slow. I love what we're, in the worst scene stuff. I, I also, as part of my list of worst character nominees, we're all touching on them. So, congratulations, guys! You guys are doing the best work right now. Because to me, uh, I'll, I'll I'll get the name for you, John. Now that I have it up. Uh, Lonnie French is the guy you're talking about, the bad smoker, uh, you know, rapey uh, muscle well, man the, for the... He's the moron the... dinosaur in my notes. Who, okay. I, just, <laughs> I couldn't understand anything he said. It was like... Yeah. And it was like, okay, Except for cool. when you just run into a room and say, fuck really loud. He has to. <laughs> you know, that's his whole job is just to like be five steps behind Brick, even though he's got his eye on him. I had time. to... Like, why would you... Uh, anyway. I had to look it up because I knew like this movie is filled with mostly people that aren't recognizable, right? Like, yes, yeah, Edgar Ramirez, I've seen Michael Pitt, but like everybody else isn't really a known, you know, Charlotte no, Copley, not at all. Sure. But everybody else, I knew the father and I was like, where do I know this guy from? I had to look it up today on IMDb. It's Patrick Bergen, who I know that. he had two bigger roles early in the 90s one of them was right at the same time that the um costner robin hood movie came out there was a made for tv i think fox movie the same summer called robin hood and he was robin hood (laughs) but he's more known for playing 
Julia Roberts' abusive husband in Sleeping with the Enemy. But he, oh, okay. around that time in the early 90s, he was kind of like a character actor that would show up and stuff. Right. And when he popped on, I'd seen him in enough stuff that I'm like, I know this dude. Like, where do I know him from? So he is the only other person that kind of had a little bit of a, a backstory or at least a Hollywood backstory to them. Everybody else in this movie is like, I think they just farmed them out of the Luke Besson because that's what this <laughs> Megaton, what's his name? Oliver Megaton, yeah. the director. Worst name too, <laughs> Olivier Megaton. He's like, you a- should have just known, or Megaton, I guess it yeah. could be Megaton because that sounds like an action movie director. Like, oh, directed by Megaton. Megaton. Oh, yeah. Olivier Megaton. Mega- Megaton co-directed it with Mick G. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, he's he's a, like, he works with Luke Besson a lot. Because yeah. Luke Besson um, produced the Transporter movies and Taken. Uh, okay. Sure. So I just wonder if, like, these are a bunch of, like, maybe French actors that are, like, you know, it just seemed like this was yeah. chock full of, like, nobody. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. know we've knocked his charisma and his acting skill all over the place, but the very first thing I wrote down about Brick is uh, the lead actor is default face number two in every video game's creative character. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy comes on screen, and I was just like, oh, it's, I'm watching my Fallout character save the day. This is great. <laughs> yeah, save the day. I don't know <laughs> what he brings to the table besides... <laughs> Like he's supposed to be his master thief. They have no. It's always like that same map every time. Money factory, <laughs> signal place. Yeah, Canada. Just Canada. Like, yeah, he just circled. He's like, this is Canada. Yeah. If you need your map to tell you that, you are not a good criminal to begin with. Yeah, there is nothing here. There is no nuance in the in the heist plan. There's nothing here at all. It's it's gross. It's bad. I, I don't know. Here's but, what so, we haven't talked about. I wanted to have a little bit of discussion about this because sure. I love premises of movies. And <laughs> I'm the kind of person that's like, when you show me something, my brain is going to spend the entire movie going like, but how does it work? Right. So can we talk about the actual API thing? Sure. Like, first of all, why are you giving like two weeks notice for this thing? Yeah. It's like yep. you're just somebody was just like, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we had a two week of the purge. So, okay, I have something with that. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the backstory I read about the, the graphic novel, because there are differences, even just in the descriptions of the graphic novel to what they did in this movie, they clearly took some different angles with certain things like including the fact that they sidelined brick in his own movie so like it's weird that they did that but so a couple of things one the the signal uh the news of it because it was supposed to be a secret operation was leaked Ah. and so when it got leaked then it was a bunch of people scrambling to try to do things like this coming up with different crime ideas or things like that to and that's how these things come about and in fact i didn't read shit uh about uh him interacting with someone like cash in it that it was kind of like it made it seem like it was more bricks idea to do all this which would make more sense because he's a fucking bank robber with skills (laughs) not a fucking trust fund or whatever he was some kind of like crime family you know legacy that went wrong with some asshole like he has real skills supposedly so you know fuck that so the other (laughs) part of that is 
you know, once it got leaked, you had all these things going on, but it was also the, the, tr- the currency thing, the, the buyback thing, all that stuff yeah. was created to be as a smoke screen for like to keep people busy from stopping. Like it was another distraction. It was a wag the dog for the, the crime, you know, signal program that they had going on. So everything makes sense in the half baked version or at least the 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 glossed over version that i've read in synopsises of the comic yeah. uh, so it seems like they definitely had their shit together way more there than whatever they did with this movie all right Again, maybe that was maybe that was just it maybe they needed a better screenwriter to connect the dots because here it was or just ma- like well here's a dot and eight right. miles over here is a square yeah, yeah. Or i don't know have rick remender have the uh, fucking do it <laughs> and or- by the way over here canada <laughs> in case you didn't know yeah this yeah is canada. yeah i was mentally in canada for the whole second half of the movie <laughs> i think i was just checked out i was gone i like with every time i do a movie review i always watch the movie twice oh this, jesus and this I hopefully movie, not this one this movie i got to that halfway point with the family and i said is that worth it we, I, I, you, I, wait, I wrote, wait, wait, wait! I wrote enough you got notes. halfway through a second time. I did, Andrew. Yeah. You're a fucking superhero, man, <laughs> uh, dude. Because uh, okay, so you've had uh, everybody's had that like bad relationship where you just you think about it all the time because it just bothers <laughs> you because it was so bad because either you hate yourself that you brought yourself to this situation or you hate <laughs> them so much that it never leaves your brain. This is kind of that movie. Like you have, I wanted to do really well on this podcast episode to explain my feelings and exercise whatever was kind of come for, for from, from watching this movie to get it out of my system. It was the same thing when I watched Polar. It was the same thing. I was like, this fucking hack McGee fake bullshit. Like it, I was just so mad that I just let everything fly. This one, I wanted to have some form some some logic some <laughs> right. some real breakdown of like where things went wrong and then when you realize when things went wrong in the first scene basically or right after the first scene it's so bad that you just i just need two people like yourselves to have their shining faces in front of me to go it's gonna be yeah. okay we <laughs> hated this too yeah and because it's that was the other, that was the other thing with the polar episode i didn't have letterbox at the time i didn't see you know, all the cards laid out in front of me to know like, all right, I'm amongst like minds. I had to like, kind of like, you know, dance around for a few minutes to go. All right. Read the room. Did he hate it too? And then uh, once we got on there, I was like, thank fucking Christ. And then you just, yeah. you know, buckle up and, you know, rip it to shreds. And I, it, I guess maybe that's why I came in relatively calm that I was just like, Whew, I know these guys hated this fucker too. <laughs> I yeah. I've reviewed over the course of our podcast, uh, Pine of Comics, over the course of the old podcast I used to do, guesting on shows. I've done quite a few movie reviews. This is the worst movie I've wow. ever had to review for a podcast <laughs> ever. And well, I, like I've done, a, I've done, we've done a lot on Pint, and there have been some that I wasn't a fan of, and. This oh, this is the worst. Yeah, yeah no redeeming value. I would Nothing. say there's it's nobody where I was really like, oh, well, that guy's made. Good. I know. Yeah, it's, like the characters, you're never gonna care about them. 
Nope. The plot is just too much shit thrown in that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it's it it feels really badly made. Like they just didn't know what they were doing. No. I feel like uh it almost feels like that they made like a three hour version of this and Netflix went, oh. wait, wait, what? What what do we do here? And then they made this incoherent, dumb two hour and twenty minute version that is just like, well, we got that out. That was the extent of it. The the budget's already spent. We might as well just chop it to pieces and try to get it out. That's about it. But I wanted to uh, just uh, also just because I brought it up many times, I just want to finish the thought. So the three nominees for worst character that I had was Kevin Cash, Lonnie French, uh, which was Smokes, uh, (laughs) John Smokes character, uh, Seidel Turner, who is Burnt Face, (laughs) and then also uh, Cash's sister. I yeah. have those as the f- big four. They're, everybody sucks, but they're the right. big four to me that were just like, wow, this is where this movie really shines as a turd. So uh, can anyone nominate anyone higher out of those four? Like either picking one of those four or somebody that I'm not thinking of. I, I got one. What you got, John? Brick. I, mean, <laughs> I think he's just so harmless to me. But- <laughs> The problem is, is that he's he is essentially the lead in this movie. Yeah. Yet he doesn't operate as that. Right. And if I had to go with like a second, I would say the the Charlotte Copley character, because okay, he's given nothing, and it's a shame because that dude's a good actor. He's right. given nothing to do. And then I go three. What's the dude's name who escorts her and tries to rape her? Because everybody Lonnie tries to French. Rape her. Lonnie French. No, no. Um, at the end, the, oh, the escort. Oh, that guy. Oh, Carl. Yeah, I don't. Carl. 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 Yeah, sorry. Carl. Somehow that was in my notes. Where did Carl come from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with those three. Uh, brick all the way. What a fucking lamoid. Like <laughs> Stu said it best, man. Black hole of charisma. Amazing. He just, makes everybody worse i might end up having to put that in the title of the episode Thank you for that. Still, at least at least we can get that out of it uh did you have any uh, opinions on that the i i don't know what their names were they may not have even been given names but the two other fbi agents oh yeah pretty big shitholes oh yeah they're just especially the one guy who gives her the back rub yeah but i mean like rub, whatever i i don't know what they're supposed to be they're just stereotypically bad fbi pigs it's there's no redeeming quality to them yeah well i'll actually bring it up because john brought up the movie worst fbi agent pair the ones from spencer confidential especially that one dude who was like just uh, a try hard piece of shit the whole time or these guys i'm trying to remember who the who the feds were in that one uh Uh, it was uh there was a black woman and then like this redheaded guy who was like really into knowing spencer and he kept trying to make jokes the whole time but they were all awful do you remember they were unmemorable these ones were fucking bad so i'm (laughs) going with these ones are worse yeah yeah because this one had more rapey so i would probably say the same but man at the time in the review that we do for spencer confidential i said that one guy was i wish i could have had him men in black like white (laughs) from my memory um so that so this is 
what we're dealing with here so bad that I want it not only erased from my brain, but something potentially worse. Just rub me out. I don't care. Just take me out. I don't want to do this again. (laughs) I on the rewatch from where I got to, I would almost make it the sister because her hissy fit in that one scene where Kevin turns to her and just starts screaming, you have blackness in your heart. Like repeatedly. It's like the war. It's like straight out of the room. It's straight. So tearing me apart. It's so bad. I want to put it on a shirt. It's that (laughs) terrible that, and, and she instigates, she literally does like the Nana, Nana, Nana stuff. Like it's so bad. And she like, and she starts out by like them kind of almost casually flirting with each other. It's yeah. like, and then he it's, shoots her and then he doesn't know what to do with himself. So he just literally just kind of like flippantly spins his gun around shooting in the air. It's like, what are we doing? I was a little amazed by the genetics there because it's one shot. She's instantly dead. And yeah. he's just like a bullet cushion. I yeah. was like, does this he, guy have a healing factor? What he is pretty happening? much got shot in the same area she did. Yes. She bled out in the floor and died instantly. Instantly. Yeah. He and was able to blood. run away from the crime scene and get all the way out to like a parking garage and still be totally cool the rest of the movie. Yeah, she bled way more blood than she had in her body, too. <laughs> yeah. It was just like <laughs> the movie was very dramatic about that pooling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Have we not talked about the other part of the movie, though, where Brick gets a shotgun to the gut and yeah. lives like 24 hours? Yeah. Yes. He takes a shotgun to the gut. He takes the neurotoxin pill, which is supposed to kill you pretty quickly. Right. Like within half an hour or something. Right. And he's just like, yep, fine. I'm going to get in this truck. going to drive me to Canada. Yeah, I was about to say, fine. he drives through not one, but two checkpoints at high speed. So, you know, everything just hurt more. It just uh-huh. dove in. There's no way. He drove yeah. hours easily, it felt like, <laughs> uh, in, into wherever that dock was on the other side, which, because it went from night to day. So there was some kind of time yeah. lapse that I'm unaware of, especially because if the signal kicked in, at, like right before the heist or during the heist so you figure that's probably the crossover into the next day so call that midnight they're at least in canada by dawn by the time he dies that's like a good five six hours of just bleeding out so yeah. good on him yeah and in fact when uh when i was saying how it's the last days of american crime but it's also maybe the last days hopefully for some of these people's career i was also going to come on here and be like this might be the last days of this podcast because I don't know how many more <laughs> of these like gut punches I can take uh, because every now and then there'll be one of these where I just go, what am I doing? Why did I watch this and not like <laughs> wait for like the next Oscar level movie to come out and do like some high prestige podcast? Why am I do- dealing with shit like this? And uh, I think it's because I hate myself more than, uh, than <laughs> more than the average film critic. So, but uh, you guys are excellent. We, I think we covered it in an amazing way. We so. tried. We were all over the place on it, but that's exactly what that movie deserves. Yeah. We gave that movie as much focus as that movie had. Absolutely. I, and John, by the way, I came as close as you did. I was going to, even we talked about, I think maybe right before the trailer came out for it and I knew it was coming up, I was like, John, look, it's based on a graphic novel. It's going to be like a summer movie. It's a heist action thing. What? 
Like we could do a swap. We could do, I'll do a hundred proof thing on your podcast and we'll talk about the, the graphic novel and then we'll come on mine and we'll talk about the movie. And it'll be great. And uh, thank God we didn't get that deep. Yeah, <laughs> well, fuck up. And I was on, I was on Comicsology, about ready to buy this thing, like thinking, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the whole thing. And thank God the length and my time span. I was just like, eh, I don't think I could maybe pull both off. Thank God I didn't. I'll be honest, and we could plan this out if you want, because I think it would be an interesting counter show. Is the True. three of us can do a hundred proof and talk <laughs> about the book. I think it would be, I mean, it doesn't have to come out. Obviously it won't come out at the same time as this, right. but maybe do it, put it out in a month or two, and then maybe package the two shows together. So right. if you guys want to do that, uh, and I think it would be good for the three of us to do it. Yeah. I'm game for it. I will definitely do that because there is a part of, me. I know earlier I said, I'm glad I did. There is a part of me because I do like remender that, I, I wonder like where this went wrong. And I think that could be the bridge. We could do that. We could talk about the book and then maybe at the end kind of talk about, wow, look at this made sense. Like, right. You know what I mean? And yeah. bring Lloyd on. If he's a big remender fan, yeah. maybe he can definitely shine some stuff. I don't know if he's read it or not. I don't, I don't know, but I could also make him watch the fucking movie. <laughs> so, yeah. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna do that. Let's let's All pencil right. it in. All right. All right. We'll call it Hundred Proof Support Group Edition. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One Hundred Proof Catharsis. Yes, yeah. Exactly. All right. We're gonna do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. Uh, if, if we can get anything out of this, hopefully it's more people who go listen to your podcast once I blow my brains out in this podcast ceases. <laughs> so. Uh, Thank you guys for doing it. Uh, John, you've been out a long time, so fuck you. We'll have Stu go first. Stu, tell the people where they can uh, listen to Ghost of the Stratosphere. And obviously, um, you guys not just do the podcast. You have your whole website. You have your your lists. Not a to-do list, but mostly good, like, <laughs> good top five lists or, or of the like uh, that you try to do some on the podcast, but obviously a lot of them yeah. are kinda, you make little competitions uh, of them on Twitter and things like that. I always love those. So tell the people where they can get everything goes to the stratosphere. Uh, yeah, so we're on pretty much every podcatching platform, the Spotify's, the tune-ins, the, the, the everything that plays podcasts. Just search for Ghost of the Stratosphere. On Twitter, we are at Got Stratosphere. On Instagram, at Got Stratosphere. We have a Facebook. We've got everything. And yeah, our, our website, I am always really proud of our website. People always say, oh, I really like your website. I like that. Yeah. I, I love our website. It is uh, gotstratosphere.com. Awesome. Yeah, we have articles every single day. There's lists. Sometimes I meander on about Pop-Tarts. Sometimes we talk <laughs> about movies. It's just a bunch of random crap. Yeah, which is not too dissimilar from uh, Pine of Comics. I mean, you guys obviously cover, you know, run the gamut with the, the pop culture stuff, the comic books. Sometimes it's you fighting with other podcasts about, uh, you know, different foods that you do or do not like. Uh, having <laughs> We spend a lot of time talking about food. We just had John on last week and he reminded us that, what, 30 seconds into the cold open, we're talking about food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<clears throat> yeah, and I, you know, I, I actually, I, I, I was saying it earlier. I don't. I, it sounded like tongue in cheek, but I honestly did enjoy all the Pittsburgh flavor uh, that you guys <laughs> talked about on the Lost in Translation episode because uh, I was learning things. Like the what is it? The episode name is Yins, right? Yins, Which yeah. I did actually know what it was. Yeah. I was very proud of myself, and the only reason why I do is because uh, I, I, I listened to another stand-up comic who actually makes fun of it in a bit that if I can find it, I will have to send it to you. Cause all right. I want to hear it. Making I'm... fun of the, the combination of the words make no sense no to how sense. it got there. Yeah. Uh, so I absolutely love that conversation. So awesome job on that Thank episode. And awesome job in your, in your podcast as well. Everyone should check that out. Uh, John, tell the folks if they, uh, uh, I obviously are not longtime listeners. Maybe they come here just for the abuse and they wanted to listen to this episode. Tell the people where they can find everything. Pine of comics. All right. So pine of comics, I'll, I'll do, I'll do ours quick. Uh, new podcast episodes weekly, sir, John, the manster and I, uh, basically, I guess, talk about greater geekdom and report back to you. So movies, television, music, comic books, uh, lists games we do all that stuff on the show um every sunday night at 6 30 p.m eastern uh you can find it on tune in as well and wesufm.org we have a radio show that sir john and i do together a little bit more uh conversational and interview based uh as well um but pine of comics check us out but i just want to add this in there because i am a fan and i do listen and I do go to their website. Seriously, check out gotstratosphere.com. It is, I'm jealous of their website, like gratefully <laughs> jealous of their website. I've been lucky enough to be on the show several times and write for the website. I did a couple of the uh, the battles. I won one. I won one of the, I don't remember I know, which one it, it was. I'm going to let everyone in on a secret. It makes Andy somewhat upset that all of our <laughs> guests beat us because we always have the three of us do a list and we have a fourth who's either John or another podcast. We have a guest come on and do the fourth, whatever that month's top 10 challenges. And we always lose. And Andy's like, all our people we invite on, they all beat us. I'm like, yes, it makes <laughs> us very gracious. It's like, Andy did win last time. Come on to our website and kick our ass. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they've got a great show. Uh, Great comic book uh, discussions. They play a lot of games, and uh, they have a Patreon as well. I'm a Patreon, so I throw it out there. But seriously, GodStratosphere.com is a great site. So if you're going to check out The Pint, check out Ghost of the Stratosphere as well. I think it's a good one, too. And, of course, you got to listen to the voice of The Pint Movie Invitational, Andrew yes. Morgan here at the awesome Nomcast, where, we, well, where he does not normally talk about the uh the worst movie ever made <laughs> just today <laughs> well like i said john it's gonna be equal footing when i get on for Waterworld, so that'll be fun i also enjoyed john has now been on six times he's been on enough that he's just like you know what i'm gonna just talk about other podcasts for a while i'm just gonna <laughs> well, go talk glowingly and it was great i love it want but people- i just love how you're just like ah, i'm over me yeah. now <laughs> i want people to listen to our show but seriously People that might listen to the Nomcast, if they're more central to Connecticut, um, might not know of Stu's show. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. out there. So um, they, they hear us. Out here in the distant realm of Pittsburgh. Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> Western Pennsylvania. Where, where yins aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh is definitely a, a place unto itself. Very cool city, uh, you know, but 
yeah, it is definitely not Philly if you think Pennsylvania no. towns are all together. Um, no, we're we're always very Philly envious here because anytime you see a list where it's like the best this or that in every state, it's just like ah, they're just gonna talk about something in Philly. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> right. cares about us. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, everybody, check out Ghost of the Stratosphere and Pine of Comics. They're both excellent podcasts, excellent sites. Check them all out. Uh, and thank you guys again. And hopefully you guys return after such a, such an ordeal that this was for everybody. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you made it all the way through this. You better have listened all the way through if you've made it all the way through that movie. You just need both of these as the companion piece that it is. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye.